But overall, I realized that even though there is that pressure, pressure makes diamonds. And regardless, mm -hmm. like, you just got to get it done. And who cares if a person says like, oh, he only won because he's black or he's <clears throat> or he's only pushing like different things for a certain part of the community or or he's not good enough. As long as I know myself that what I'm doing is important and is going to help benefit the community at hand. And I know genuinely that I'm listening to listening to the people that I'm serving and doing the things that they're asking me to do or wanting to see on campus, then that all, that's all that matters. As long as you continue to let outside voices dictate your path, you'll never find a true path that's for you. Hello, and welcome to Student Affairs Now. I'm your host, Keith Edwards. Today, we're discussing the experiences of student body presidents. We have two folks joining us today who have taken on these roles at very different institutions, and I'm really excited to learn from both of you. Student Affairs Now is the premier podcast in the online learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find details about this episode or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Simplicity. A true partner, Simplicity supports all aspects of student life with technology platforms that empower institutions to make data-driven decisions. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, consultant, and coach. And you can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. I'm broadcasting from Minneapolis, Minnesota at the intersections of the ancestral homelands of the Dakota and the Ojibwe peoples. I'm so excited to have both of you here today. Let's, uh, let's meet both of you and learn a little bit about uh, your role as a student body president. Uh, Jermaine, let's start with you. Well, thanks for having me. First off, um, Keith, today I'm excited to be on the podcast. Um, my name is Jermaine Turner. I go by JT usually on campus. Uh, that's what people know me by. But I'm a senior uh, integrative studies major on the pre-law track, graduating this uh, May, literally in four weeks. So I'm very excited. And I'm kind of mm -hmm. at the inroads of uh, being student body president. Uh, but a little bit about me. I'm from Dallas, Texas, which I consider the greatest city <laughs> known to mankind. <laughs> Um, yes, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan before, you know, anybody probably asks or whatever. So I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm going to stick beside them. Um, I love my city. Um, I grew up in a suburb called Duncanville, uh, Texas, a little bit of outside, about about a 30, 45 minute drive from Dallas. Um, and from there, I graduated from Duncanville High School. Uh, I talk about my high school experience and my my experience K-12 just because that is where a lot of my family really poured into me. And not only that, but also teachers uh, my church community that really built up the man that I would become and prepare me mm -hmm. for um, college. And in high school, I was in student council. I was a student athlete. So I was pretty involved there as well. Um, and that just kind of translated into college. When I got to the University of Texas in uh, fall of 2019, um, I was very optimistic about the school. Uh, UNT was not on my top five list at all. Mm -hmm. um, it just so happened that they were the school that was going to pay me to go to school. And my grandmother was an alum, so that kind of just made sense to go mm -hmm. um, at that point. And so I came to the university very optimistic, not sure what to expect. And from there, that experience translated into me being so involved on campus from many different uh, roles and having different jobs before I became student body president, like being the Black Student Union president. I was an orientation leader, uh, worked in housing as a resident assistant for the Marshall Eagle Living Learning Community, which is an LLC dedicated for Black men, for Black male retention within their first year, uh, because we know Black men make up about 3% of our campus, 
but yet have the highest non-retention rate. Um, mm -hmm. So that program really helped us with academics and just staying focused and having that type of community. Um, and so after doing all those experiences in about the end of my junior year, it just came to terms of like, you know, I've been a part of the student government for all these years, done these multiple leadership experiences, worked these multiple jobs. So I asked uh, Malia Shala, who was uh, a good friend of mine. We had also went to the same high school, Duncanville High School as well together. And then we decided to run to build a campus that was more um, reflective of what we thought the actual needs of students were. So this year we've been able to bring in a very transformational experience to our student government. We've increased our membership. We've been able to secure a, finally secure a wage increase for all student workers on campus. But that also pushed our president to look at you know, having a livable wage for everybody, including uh, staff and faculty on campus as well. And he's made a commitment to that. We relocated our um, condom machine to have a safer location for students to um, be able to get those, you know, their condoms, their lubes and be in privacy instead of out in the po uh, public. And then also we just made a very transparent SGA this year with our different programs and events, hosting more programs and events than any other administration has did in the last 10 years. Um, and we just finished up our elections um, and we know that that vote count uh, is the highest increase we've seen since COVID. So I think mm -hmm. that what we've done this year has worked and that's just kind of a little bit about me and my experience so far. That's awesome. Thanks for that, JT. And uh, Akeem, tell us a little bit about you. I saw you smiling and nodding along, probably yeah. some similarities and some differences. No, I think uh, Jermaine or JT, whichever, whichever one you prefer, um, I think that you're amazing. Just hearing everything that you're doing right now, I mean, go off. Like, I'm, I'm super proud, and, I'm, and I just got to meet you today. Um, but thank you so much for having me today, Keith. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Akeem Mitchell. I am a senior here at Rollins College, majoring in political science, well, double majoring in political science and philosophy with minors in African-American studies and ethics. I currently serve as the Student Government Association president. A little bit about me, I come from a neighborhood called Tangle Park, Florida. It's in um, it's in Central Florida, Orlando, Florida. Um, it's a small, low um, economic area uh, filled with a majority of African-American uh, people. And so coming from that community, I really kind of, they kind of pushed me to keep going for more. It kind of pushed me to um, just do that all of that I can just because coming from that community um, and going to a middle and high school outside of the neighborhood. So I started elementary school off in Tensel Park Elementary School, which is an uh, elementary school inside a neighborhood. And then I moved on to go to predominantly white neighborhood, um, middle and uh, high schools. And so going there, just kind of see, kind of seeing the difference between uh, either whether it be the education that was provided as far as like resources or just opportunities that were given or just seeing the different ways that certain Black students were treated because of where we come from or just because simply because of our race, it kind of uh, put like a, in a way, how do I say this? It tried to diminish my light or diminish our light or try to keep us inside of this box of us not being able to really reach for or really obtain different um, attributes or skills or just goals in our life just because of where we come from and what we look like. So coming to Rollins, I kind of had that mindset already. In middle school, I was the uh, Student Government Association, uh, was, it was called Student Council, Student Council, uh, Student Body President. And then, but because of my experience in that atmosphere, just because once again, of all the hardships and uh, things that we had to go through at that time, um, I stopped doing it in high school until my senior year when um, one of our, one of the, 
uh, one of the advisors reached out to me and said they really think I should be a part of it. And being a part of it, again, that senior year really kind of let a spark back into me and wanted, um, allowed me to want to be a part of this a little bit more. So once I got to Rollins College, I was already, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do SGA. I'm gonna get super involved. You know, I'm gonna make this difference just because Rollins is another predominantly white institution and we're a small liberal arts school. So for us, the amount of students in my, at that time, I believe we had about 6% of our students were black or like six or seven, six or 7%. And because we're a smaller school, that only means about maybe like 60 to 70 other black students. So just seeing that disparity there, I really wanted to kind of be an advocate and be a representative um, that allows for our black students to have a voice within a sense. So when I started uh, my freshman year, I immediately once again got involved in SGA. Then I also got involved inside of our Black Student Union along with our Ward Hall Council. So Ward Hall is like one of the dormitories on campus. And so I started on a Hall Council and I was a social justice chair. Um, and then became vice president, but that's because uh, someone got kicked out. But <laughs> so I was a social justice chair. And during that time period, I had events called Woke Wednesdays with Keen, where I would put on a movie. So one event, one movie specifically that we put on was the Hate You Give. And so during that movie, uh, during that time or that event, we would the movie and then afterwards, the residents in Ward Hall, we would have a discussion afterwards about what the movie means and um, how we can apply to our real life and how do we see what's happening in the movie happen at Rollins and how can we do how can we do better as a Rollins community in order to make this a space where our all of our uh, marginalized students feel welcome. Um, and so then moving on, my experience within SGA at first, within those first couple of years, it kind of pushed me to want to do more in SGA just because me, myself, I was probably one out of four members that were um, Black in SGA. Mm -hmm. And so during that time period, it was a little bit harder because you can definitely tell that even with some of the people who are on the different executive boards or in positions of leadership, that there was a disconnect or between the way some of us were treated versus some of them. And I won't get too much into that. But having having seen all of that, it kind of pushed me and um, encouraged me to want to do more and do better just because I know that I had the mindset of, if not me, then who? So I went and I went after that. And so then my junior year, I became the student body vice president. So last year I was the student body vice president. And the person I ran, ran along with, we ran on wanting to help create a better Rollins community for um, just for all students, but specifically for minority students, for their voices to be heard. And from that experience last year, seeing, seeing what it did for our uh, minority students to see a person that looks like me in that position kind of pushed me to want to take the next step and so i then ran against the current president at the well the president at that time ran against him along with um and my running mate her name is uh sydney sajor when i say she is the most phenomenal person you would ever meet i mean she is an amazing vice president not even vice president she's an amazing partner to go through this um to go through go through this whole thing with and so we ran and what we ran on were uh, three uh, topics we all well, three um goals basically it was community rebuilding, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and then mental health, mental health awareness and advocacy. And so for community rebuilding, seeing how when we came back from COVID, um, a lot of people in the Rollins community were kind of disconnected within a sense. Uh, we didn't really have, not to say that old feel, but we were behind the screen for so long that we weren't able to truly make those genuine, genuine relationships with one another. So wanting to be bring that community sense back to Rollins and wanting to 
bringing more more events, more students out and getting more students engaged with the actual Rollins community. And then for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, we currently, Rollins is going underneath a strategic plan um, underneath that topic. And so I sit on the steering committee for that, um, for that strategic plan. And so utilizing not only just that plan, but also getting more cultural orgs involved and um, allowing for more minority students to feel welcome and accepted at this school was one of our big goals. And utilizing like the different things that are happening or what's happening with, yeah, what's happening underneath the strategic plan. So right now, SGA, uh, myself and Cindy, along with some of our other senators, uh, we helped push the um, intercultural competency here at Rollins. So getting, uh, making it a requirement or like, yeah, a requirement priority to have our um, students take a course that teaches them more about like, more about DEI within a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then also getting, having more spaces for our athletes. Our athletes right now, they're specifically our black athletes. We, um, Cindy and I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them every now and then, and they'll express to us some of the hardships that they're going through. So we've made a space for them called, we called it our um, black table talk. But so we made a space for them to uh, just come together and really talk about their experiences and then allowing for allowing for that conversation to be brought up to their athletic director and the athletic directors of boss or, or whoever supervises them just to bring that transparency and show that things need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, mental health uh, awareness and advocacy, just working with our wellness center to get those resources out to students who are dealing with um, mental health um, mm -hmm. issues or who are suffering right now and don't know where to go. So Overall, those, that is what we ran on. And then by us winning that election, we became the first uh, Black administration ever at Rollins. And then I became the first uh, Black student body vice president and student body president. And then Cindy was the first Black student, Black woman student body vice president. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'm hearing themes from both of you about um, sort of centering your identity, seeing the challenges that you're facing and really challenges other folks are facing and then wanting to do something about that, sort of for you, but also a longer legacy for so that others don't face some of these challenges. So it's a little bit easier for others and sort of, but sort of beginning with sort of noticing your experience and then really wanting to contribute um, and pass that on. And then also um, I heard from both of you, just a real commitment from the very beginning of, um, I'm gonna be involved. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's gonna be. Um, and it sounds like for both of you, it kind of emerged into the student government but um, really for, for you saying, you know, from the very beginning, I'm going to be involved. Uh, I'll figure out what that is and sort of what's going to emerge from there. Um, you both talked a lot about the issues and topics that you're you're focused on and that you're running on and they're beginning to engage with. But I also wanted to chat with you a little bit about um, a little bit more personal experience. What did you experience? What, what did you face? What were the challenges that you were taking on? Um, and really, what did you learn about yourself through this experience? So a little bit more personal. What did you learn about yourself through that experience? Um, Akeem, let's let's start with you. What what were some of the challenges that you faced uh, and what did you learn about yourself? Um, so I'll do one. Uh, so I'll break it up into one more like administrative wise and then mm -hmm. another one personal. Sure. So administrative wise, a challenge that we faced was kind, kind of getting people to change their mindsets and not just not just our um, administration, but also our students, specifically for our administration or, and by administration, I don't just mean like the president and mm -hmm. his cabinet, I just mean administrators overall, getting them to 
change our mindsets or not just do the same thing that's always been done just because it's always been done. I feel like right now, or and, and it doesn't just apply to Rollins, but our current society, society mm-hmm. a lot of times when people bring up change or want to do something different, it's viewed as no, or let's not do that because this is what's been done already. But when we do that, we limit the possibilities of increasing or growing a certain program or growing up some of our missions here. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Rollins stands, well, Rollins was founded on the ideas or the values of global citizenship and responsible leadership. And so being that Sunny and I were coming in here with these broad, big ideas, it was sometimes challenging just to get certain people here on campus to kind of see what we were going with it or just really truly um, believe in it. But after a while, um, after a while, we were able to like get them to overall come to mm-hmm. our side, see where we're going, but just getting them to, in a sense, like trust us and give us that space to do what we need to do in order to help progress this campus community. Um, and then on a more personal level, um, one of the biggest challenges that I faced was kind of just having confidence in myself within a sense. So being that I was the first um, Black president, well, I am the first Black president, and I was the first Black student body vice president, there were different things um, as far as like certain stereotypes that surround like Black identities or like just Black people within positions of power. And so having said that, there was a lot of pressure of me feeling like I need... I need to do this or like I have to make this difference or I have to do something in order to show that I was here or like leave a mark because if not then people will say I didn't do anything mm-hmm. and I just and I just won because I was black mm-hmm. but overall that kind of like that kind of stifled my um at first it kind of stifled my my work and the things that I wanted to do just because I was consistently in my head and overthinking about every little thing but overall I realized that even though there is that pressure, pressure makes diamonds. And regardless, mm-hmm. like, you just got to get it done. And who cares if a person says like, oh, he only won because he's black or he's, <clears throat> or he's only pushing like different things for a certain part of the community or, or he's not good enough. As long as I know myself that what I'm doing is important and is going to help benefit the community at hand. And I know genuinely that I'm listening to, listening to the people that I'm serving and doing the things that they're asking me to do or wanting to see on campus, then that all, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. As long as you continue to let outside voices dictate your path, you'll never find a truth path that's for you. Mm-hmm. So those are my challenges, but overall yeah. I, was, I did pretty good at overcoming them. That's great. Yeah. Learning to handle sort of the, those inner voices in our head that informed by sort of all the messages and stereotypes and, and expectations and uh, learning to navigate that. I think that's, that's great. Uh, it's a great learning for all of us. Uh, JT, what, what were some of the challenges you faced and what did you learn through this experience? What does it offer you? Yeah. Um, and first off, I just want to say, you know, you're good enough. I think sometimes <laughs> it's very hard for us as, as black student leaders, as black, as black men and black student leaders on campuses um, leading institutions that you know might not reflect us personally in the majority um so I do want to say that I congrats on everything at, at your institution um so a little bit of background about the University of North Texas specifically we are a minority serving institution which means the majority of our population um is majority minority students we also are a Hispanic serving institution um so that goes show we do have a very large um, Hispanic population that we serve as well um over 61 percent of our students um, our first gen, and then over 83% of our students identify as left-leaning or Democrat 
in a very red state. So I'm just giving this prefix to, to let you know kind of the student body that I'm serving. Um, so I'll speak, I guess I'll do what uh, you know, as far as the personal and then just being in the role, the challenges that I face. Um, first, I think I'll talk about um, the administrative, then I'll go into the personal. I think administrative wise, some of the challenges that I think me and Aaliyah faced was, I think, you know, our admin, our school administration was used to SGA leaders who kind of just went with the go on. So they sometimes did the role, they would follow all the rules, they would just kind of go about their year, not really disturbing anything necessarily, but they would just kind of be like figureheads. So we'll invite you to convocation and the university days and graduations. And it's kind of like a, a puppet and then kind of SGA does what they do, but it doesn't really impact student lives more so it focused on the internal SGA, which is, you know, our Senate, our judicial branch, the executive board, our intern program, our first year council, you know, it's just very internal. So one thing that me and Aaliyah changed was being external, emphasis on external. Um, with our programs that we did this year, with our events, like I said, we program more than anybody's program in the last 10 years, according to OrgSync and our files and what mm -hmm. we know. Um, and we spent a good chunk of our budget this year on programming and events and engaging with students. Because we knew if we engage with students, that's how you properly are able to serve your student body, at least is what we believe. Because when you're serving and they're coming to your events and programs, they're able to tell you, you know, more personally, what's going on, you know, in the classroom, what's going on outside of the classroom, what challenges are they seeing that they're faced? And from there, it helped us really gain structure into what we want to focus on. And one of those things was uh, career readiness. We realized that a lot of people would graduate from our university, not have a job, not have an internship. And we thought, well, who fault is that? Is it on the school? Is it the career center not doing that part? Or is it the students not being able to kind of be self-efficient in outreach? Like, who's the fault? And we just thought, well, you know, let's not blame either one. Let's just bridge the gap, you know, as SGA should do. And so from there, we created this long week of events that focused on career readiness from an alumni panel. Um, we did a employer's dinner that was sponsored by Enterprise where we brought in uh, career coaches from each college uh, to be there. We invited some employers to be there. And this dinner had over 150 guests. And the guest list was supposed to be like, I think 230, but we had to cut it to 150. So that let us know that we were on par and on track. Um, and I use that example because uh, that was one where um, in, the, in the beginning, we were a little bit hesitant, like, is this a good idea? Should we do it? But once we got involved with the career center, the communication was so great with the director. She was very responsive. I mean, we still have a great relationship to this day because she was so responsive and she wanted to help students. And then that engaged us and it went really, really well. And not only that, but also with the $15 uh, minimum wage, that's what we tried to increase it to, right? Um, SJ had, had advocated for that for years, but it kind of dwindled down because, you know, they weren't, I don't know if it's the former administrations weren't pushing hard enough, but I think the difference between us and the, me and Aaliyah was that when we went in the meeting, they originally told us no. They originally told us no. We went back and said, okay, well, if you tell us no, we'll go to the CFO. And this is us mm -hmm. talking to the university president. Like, if you're going to tell us no, we'll find another alternative option. And so we go to the CFO and CFO is like, okay, let's run, run the numbers. And he's like, okay, well, we can't push to 15 but we can push to $8. And then in the next year, I can push you guys to nine and we'll create a plan, a pipeline to get us to 15 and then that end up working out. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest challenge was on the admin side was getting people to buy in, getting people to realize, no, we're not gonna take no for an answer. And this administration is gonna push for a substantial change that can last past our years of being a student government. I think for me personally, um, the challenge came with um, being black in this role. I mean, wow. I mean, the anti-Blackness has been shown and mm. displayed time and time again. 
Um, and whether it's from students, whether it's from, you know, admin or just other people, it just really, really showed. I think if I was, I mean, Aaliyah always joke and say, if we were, and Aaliyah's a, a black woman, if we were two white men in this position, people wouldn't question what we do. People would not think twice about what we're doing, but because we're producing great work, that leads to people questioning and wondering and, and things. And I think at the end of this year, I just realized like, wow, we are making an impact and a change because we see the results. But then that leads a lot of people to question you and to wonder. Um, and it was just recently we were questioned about our budget. And we're like, we're being, we've been as transparent as possible um, about our budget. And it's like, we show the list. We, we showed it to the party that was asking for. We like, here's the expenditure list. Keep in mind, we can't make any purchases without approval from the school, right? So it has to go through the school first before we purchase anything. Um, and that moment and that lesson taught me that no matter how many goals you accomplish, no matter what you do, sometimes as a Black person in these roles, there's, like Akeem kind of hinted at earlier, there's a level of expectation that you must be perfect, that you must go above and beyond, that you must work hard. And, you know, as I reflect back on, you know, former presidents that we had, I'm just like, they would never do this amount of program, this amount of work, this amount of advocating, this amount of outreach uh, to the student body. You know, we had over 33 people run for Senate this past election term, which shows us that people are interested and that they want to run. We also had two presidential tickets. So it shows that our work is being seen and people want to be involved. Had this been past years, I'm not sure if that would have been accurate. I think last year we had 15 senators the year before. It was like only 13. So the fact that we've doubled almost what our Senate expectation is for next year, the fact that we have increased our student engagement with students and actually made progress in changes that if a student asks me today, what has student government done for us? I can say we've done this, this, and this for you. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, those are kind of the, the challenges that I face. Well, great. Uh, we're going to kind of pause here a little bit. We've got JL here who's going to come in and join us. So JL, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about you. Hi, so happy to be here. So my name is Jal Karandi, um, and I attended the University of Minnesota and graduated in the spring of 2021. And I served as a student body president during my junior year. So kind of leading up to that journey through our SGA, started as a first year intern in the program and then progressed um, to then serve with our board of regents. And so that was a role that represented our system um, and 500,000 students at the time, inclusive of kind of um, professional students, master's students, and also our undergraduate students. During that time, I then ran actually to be vice president and our our campaigns are done through tickets. Some schools I know are different, but we did them through a ticket. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, ran, we were successful on the ticket, a very contentious um, kind of campaign season, as I'm sure many understand mm -hmm. the feeling of that. Um, and then midway through my term, our president actually resigned and I immediately assumed the presidency. When we were voted into office at the time, I was based on how much history we had, the first Black vice president and then assumed the first Black student body president um, and finished out my term that July. After that, I actually returned back um, to serve for the Board of Regents to, and then finished out my collegiate career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've heard from JT and Akeem a little bit about some of their experience, but you're not in it. You have graduated, <laughs> you have moved on. So maybe I'd love to hear from you uh, as you look back on this experience, uh, yeah. what what do you see the, maybe not necessarily the role, but the leadership experiences, the challenges you faced 
what has it taught you? What has it offered you? What, what now, as you're looking back on it, do you think this is really what I gained from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I think the higher education system is something that many people don't understand unless you're in the middle of it. Mm. And especially for a student coming into advocate. I mean, going from if you were in high school on student council or something to understanding the leverage you have as a representative of students is a different jump. But more than that, I think you understand First, you have to understand the system that is your university, whether how the president works, how the committees work. And that in itself can often be a barrier because it's so large and there's a lot to learn in such a quick time to be effective. And so I think understanding systems quickly and then where the leaders and decision makers are is super key. And that translated, um, and that's going to translate anywhere, right? Understanding who key decision makers are. And then I think the next part of that is really learning how my, I would say my strategy when advocating with different leaders was always different because you have to understand how that office operates and what they're, what they're willing to do, but also what goes as far. So I think it was always a matter of how do you lead for these different things? And really, while you're the student body president, you're really just an advocate. Like I, like that is your job. You are the champion of students. And at the end of the day, my job was solely responsible for students. Like my job was not to an administrator. My job was not to the state, despite being a public land grant institution. My job was to advocate for students as hard as I could. And as despite and above all that, that was what I was going to do. Anytime I sat in the meeting with the president, it was always five whatever thousand students who wanted this sitting right next to me or X amount of students who wanted this sitting right next to me. I never sat in those rooms alone. So I think it's definitely dependent on that. And then the last thing is we have such, our student governments are built of leaders, right? Like everyone is a leader. Everyone is an advocate and really learning how to depend on each other. I think the job of the student body president could often be overlooked for how many, it, it feels like a second full-time job, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And it is. And I think really learning how to depend on those around you who are supportive and are advocates as well is so important. And to this day, I still have so many conversations with the staff that I had the opportunity to lead and the individuals that I worked with. Uh, So the three lessons I heard was how systems work and learning to understand them, to navigate them, really personalizing your approach with different units or different people, um, and then leaning on the people around you and not having, feeling like you have to do all this stuff. Are those things that are still serving you now? Oh, 100%. I mean, really learning how to find your why and what you're doing, because once you figure out why you're doing what you're doing, everything else follows into question. Like I said, finding those decision makers makes a lot of sense. Knowing how to strategize and be thoughtful about your approach and then leaning on those around you. I mean, that that's going to happen in any organization you have the opportunity to lead. Oh, great. Great. Um, JT, we'll, we'll go back to you and I kind of want to smush these two questions together, um, just so we have enough time, but love to ask each of you for, for students who might be listening to this, who are thinking about running, uh, are contemplating that choice. Um, what, what would, what advice would you give them? Uh, or maybe what advice would you give that version of you, right? Not knowing what you know now. Uh, and then many of our listeners are student very professionals who are working with student body presidents, what would you want them to know so that they can best support um, these leaders in their roles? So um, we'll go to JT, Akeem, and then Giles. 
All right. And uh, I just want to say, Jao, thanks for um, really bringing that understanding the system into play into this conversation. Um, and that I hit on to my first point as far as what I would tell an administrator and then what I would tell a student that's interested in this. To the administrator, I would tell you to support the students. Um, I think that that is very important and valuable to remember. Um, I believe every higher education professional, you should have gained entry into this by at least on some solid ground wanting to help students. And I think we find a lot of administrators who have done this for their own ego or who have done this just because they make six figures a year to kind of sit and really sometimes do nothing or sit and protect the university. So that's what I would encourage the administrator to do is just remember that that student is there for a short amount of time um, and that student needs you. It's nothing, I'm so grateful. That is one thing I'll be very grateful and I will toot my university's horn at is um, our vice president of student affairs, Dr. With, uh, my president, Nelson Matris, uh, my advisor, Krista Coffey, um, and I know I'm gonna miss some people, but uh, Josh in the Multicultural Center, like there, I have a village of support from administrators who empower us every day to know that any goal is possible. Anything that you put your mind to can be set forward, any goal you have. And that empowerment has led to a successful uh, student government year. None of the goals that we've accomplished from our platform, I think we just checked two weeks ago, we've completed 85% of our platform. That wouldn't have been possible without the support of our administrators. So that's what I would tell administrators, support these students, have their back. And when it comes to a crossroad, you really have to decide, you know, do you protect the university or are you going to really look after students or just find a good balance in between? Um, because when you do understand these systems and these structures, you understand that, uh, especially specifically public institutions in Texas, I go to a public institution, are ran kind of by the governor. I love to be very transparent with students and say, the governor runs the university, not the president, because the governor is the person responsible for appointing the Board of Regents. The Board of Regents appoints the chancellor, chancellor to the president, president to the VPs, and it directly impacts you. So that's kind of how the system works. And when you understand that, it's very easier to kind of comprehend that. So that's what I would say to admin. Protect students, really have their back. Secondly, to a student that's interested in running, I would say figure out why. <laughs> and don't run for the title. I promise you it is not worth it. It's not worth it just standing up saying I'm student body president <laughs> because when you have those- Look at everyone calls, nodding their heads on yeah, that one. Everyone's nodding their heads. People don't understand the life. I have so much respect for anybody that I meet that does student government in general because that leadership is a hard sometimes burden to have because when you're in these rooms, especially if you're the president, sometimes you might be the only person in the room advocating for students. I was just on a search committee for three weeks and the only student on that search committee, but hiring a very important role to our university. So I'm ensuring not only that I'm bringing my identity to the table, but so many other identities that weren't at that table, I have to ensure I'm kind of speaking up for and being a voice for, but not overshadowing them or mm -hmm. telling wrong information and make sure I'm speaking to fact and not feelings. So um, what I would say to the students, don't do it for just the title. Make sure you know why you want to do it and make sure you bring your village with you. That is so important. Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed to have ran with somebody that was my friend that knew me for over, me and Ali have known each other for over seven years, right? And luckily we went to the same high school and came here, but I said it to say, when you have that sense of support, anything is possible um, mm -hmm. when you have community. So make sure that you have a community and just don't do it for the title. So yeah. That's great, great. Akeem, what, what advice would you have for that version of you that was contemplating uh, this? And what advice would you have for student affairs folks uh, and how they can support? So I just want to say, JT, I mean, you hit it on the nail. I mean, <laughs> you kind of, I was going to say kind of um, near exactly what you were saying. So I'm going to split it up as well for, mm -hmm. well, obviously, but for uh, the student affairs, just really 
along with that support, encourage your students to want to do more. Don't disciple them or keep them inside of one specific box that you want them to be in, mm -hmm. just to, in a sense, please the college. Uh, for us, it's kind of different. So Rollins is a small liberal arts institution. So we, so we don't, and it's private. So we don't really follow directly what the state or the um, governor says. We have our own like board of trustees who approve everything that happens at the college along with like the president and his cabinet. But don't, don't just have your students doing something or just be like you said, kind of that show person to say, oh, look, they're doing so many good things, but the good things that they're doing is only because it's only the agenda that you want them to push. Mm -hmm. Allow them to have kind of what I said earlier, allow them to help try to push their own things or help grow the institution in the ways that they see best. Because sometimes these administrators, they some of them might have gone to Rollins for like, or years in the past, but, and they want to have that same Rollins that they had before, mm -hmm. but that same Rollins is not what students want today. Students today want the Rollins that you are showing them in your catalog when you're browsing or when you're um, advertising it to them. And students at Rollins want to help to help how want to help just update a college and I don't even think that's just students at Rollins those students in general people want to keep progressing people want to keep growing but when you hinder and you stifle that growth then you just create more like discomfort and more um tension and animosity within the own community so don't stifle that growth encourage your students to want and want to do better and encourage them to do more um and like kind of like what JT said um Thankfully, Cindy and I, uh, with our administration, we are uh, Vice President of Student Affairs. Her name is Donna Lee. Woo! Mm -hmm. When I say that lady don't play, that <laughs> does not play. She rides for us. She she always speaks for the students. She always thinks about, she always thinks of us first. And I think that's one of the main important things as an administrator to do. Not, not only push your own agenda, but thinking of the people that you're serving first. Just because you have this role, just because you have this title doesn't mean that you have the you have the capability or that you should have the capability just to decide on what you want to do just because that's something that you want to do you serve a greater and broader community it's not just about you it's about others that are kind of the stakeholders at your institution mm -hmm. so now going into the students for students wanting to pursue this role this kind of goes off of what jt said a little bit too know that your impact does not depend on your position so understanding that, once again, just because you're student body president, that doesn't mean you're going to have this great impact. You don't have an impact because you're student body president. You have an impact because you're JT. You have an impact because you're Jael. You have an impact because you're a king. It's about your character within those genuine conversations or those individual conversations and connections that you're making that helps create an impact. Before I became the student body president, I don't, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but this is like something that like other people were telling me. This is something that other people was telling me that I was truly helping them make a difference or helping them enjoy their experience at Rollins. But it wasn't because I was student body president. Being student body president helped me connect to a greater community. Don't get me wrong. It helped get my platform up there, but the work was already there before the platform. So don't just think that, oh, I'm going to make, I want to be student body president because I want to make this great impact. No, those that impact that you want happens just based upon who you are in general. Mm -hmm. Position helps, but it's not the determinant of how you make that impact. Mm -hmm. so, that's what I was saying. Great. Right. Right. how about you? I saw you yeah. nodding the head and No, oh, I mean, I'm just, first of all, I'm like, take me back right now. Um, <laughs> I think first for administrators, I think you have to look at 
your role at a university less as a job and more as a steward of the university. Yes, mm -hmm. we have our board of regents, board of overseers, trustees, whatever it might be at your university, who are somewhat state mandated if it's a public institution to take care of the university, but each administrator should also hold that role importantly. And the reason I say that is at a public institution, you kind of have really true streams of income. It's your state and it's your students. And we are continuously seeing this dichotomy of like really watching our state support sometimes fall, right? So students are seeing an increase to their tuition and becoming a deeper stakeholder and investor into our institution. And anywhere where you invest, you expect a return. And the people who are supposed to be guaranteeing that return are administrators, are our leaders, are our board, making sure that students are receiving not only their learning, but the experience that's promised to them. And what Akeem just said, what you put on the website has to match what you do in practice. The recruitment policies and the ways in which we recruit students to our university have to match what we do. When you're an administrator, you have to learn to remove the, the respectability politics and really say, what do students need? And in what ways do students need these things? And it's really your job to do that. I don't actually, it, it's forget, it's actually your duty, right, to some extent. So I think to administrators who are looking to support students, I understand that sometimes it's a risk and it shouldn't be. Frankly, it should not be. So what students need and the support that students are looking for should be an earnest kind of perpetual thing that you're seeking. You should be constantly trying to navigate what the students you need today, whether it's a class of 2024, 2026, 2038, you should continuously be thinking and anticipating the needs of students today as they continue to, to proceed. And at the <laughs> one thing I think about administrators really having to learn is why do students need these things? I think their experience when they went through school, whether it was a master's program, an undergrad, whatever, is going to be different. So while those experiences are valid, really taking the time to know what your students need and how they need it is important. And then to students, administrators are there to support you, but that, that that's not who you represent. So I always would say, I would have to go toe to toe or say what I needed to say in a meeting and we could be perfectly fine after, but understand that we are not, my my interest is not necessarily to be your friend in that moment. It's to make sure students are represented in the conversation. And like Jermaine said, you are so key to very really hard conversations, whether they're hard or super important, search committees, whether you are the only person in the room being asked a question, you know, I was student body president as COVID was starting and I was sending like 15 emails at 6 a.m. every day to any, to any and each administrator letting them know this is what students need in this area. I got this request. This is being expected. Mm -hmm. And you have to be relentless. Your efforts must be relentless to really be successful because at the end of the day, to be frank, some administrators are ready to wait students out. But you know what? As long as I'm here, you're going to have to keep waiting because <laughs> you have to be relentless and you have to keep going and you have to really take that responsibility so deeply um you cannot do it for the title it will not be rewarding if you do it for the title you will get exhausted because at the end of the day when you are through 18 to 20 hour days because we are still students mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to really find a way to be centered and grounded and i often found that in whatever your support is 
making sure you have people around you that are checking on your mental health, having people that are around you ready to support you, because it's not just the will to run, but it's it's the will to lead. And that mm-hmm. has to continue throughout your entire um, appointment. And that can often be difficult. So I always say, if you know some, like, you know, JT said, if you know anyone in SGA, everybody's putting in that effort. It's not just the SBP that is is putting their their efforts on the line and their advocacy on the line. And it's kind of up to us to cultivate those leaders who are also ready to be in these positions and do this. So I I would tell them, know your why, know why you have this deep responsibility um, to do what it is and be prepared to remember your power. I think sometimes administrators can often see student government as this small section, this small slice. Okay, we might be small, but we're mighty. Mm-hmm. And I think being really prepared to exert that power wherever necessary um, to make sure you advocate. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we, we are running out of time. And so uh, the podcast is called Student Affairs Now. And we would love to end each of our episodes with just asking each of you, uh, what are you thinking about? What are you troubling? What are you pondering now? It might be something from this conversation or something that your campus is facing or Um, And then if you want to share with folks where folks can connect with you, feel free to go ahead and do that. JT, let's kick it off with you. What are you troubling now? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm just so honored to be here and amongst um, such great leaders and such great people. Um, It seems like I'm very grateful for the opportunity uh, to be here and for what this podcast is is doing. Um, I think for me, I'm part of a couple of things from this conversation, right? I'm thinking about my future. So currently right now, like I told you, I'm on the pre-law track. I'm currently studying for the LSAT as we speak, and then I'm going to take a gap year and move to D.C., do a gap year there, and then go on to law school. But, you know, God is very interesting. I'm a man of faith. Um, so God is very interesting. And, um, you know, as I'm reevaluating this conversation, everything that we learned, um, I know later in life that I would like to go into higher ed, but I'm pondering, like, do I go to law school or do I get a master's and go the PhD route and go straight into higher ed or do something else, you know? I think that that's what I've been kind of pondering here lately, even though, you know, I'm currently in the process of studying for the LSAT. I've always had this dream of going to law school and been this super duper lawyer and helping people, right? But I think my experiences in life in this undergrad experience has taught me the power of when you understand a system, how you can help so many people. And that's something that a lot of people in student affairs don't have. They don't usually, I mean, they come in with a feel like they want to help students, but they don't come in with this experience of like working in orientation, working in housing, working at this big time position now, working with the university president. I mean, these are valuable experiences and the way that our student government function is, it is its own department. So I kind of consider like its own baby business. We have about a hundred K budget every year. As student body president, you manage about nine people in your executive staff that are also paid. So it's also like these experiences have shaped, um, this identity and this kind of uh, nuance of me understanding how this system works and how powerful it can be if you use it correctly. And um, even if you're looking at now, and I'll wrap up here, even if you're looking at kind of the personal side of Texas, currently right now, our legislator is attacking public higher ed institutions. There are several bills that could be taking away vulnerable, uh, you know, marginalized groups communities like our Pride Alliance, uh, which is for our queer folks, and like our uh, Multicultural Center, which is for Black and Brown students to feel more connected and engaged, and then any other diversity and inclusion practices 
um, are under attack right now in our state for public institutions. And I think that that is what scares me as well. And that is what something that I've been pondering on is what are students in Texas, what are we gonna do if these bills do pass and they become effective immediately? So those are the two things on my mind, the future and then the future of myself personally and the future of just future students that are come, gonna come to my university. So, yeah. Awesome. Akeem, how about you? What are you, what are you troubling now? So right now, well, first, I just want to say thank you again for inviting me and allowing me to be on this conversation with these phenomenal people. I mean, I just want to echo what JT was saying. This conversation has not only been like, it's not only been good to just share some thoughts and some insights, but it's also begin to just take in some wisdom from these other phenomenal, not even student leaders, people in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, I the one thing that's troubling me right now, or just that's on my mind, I'm a very optimistic person. So just optimism right now just hearing these from this conversation and just hearing what was being shared I mean I'm just optimistic about the future just because there might be a lot of dark things out there in the world right now knowing that people like us exist out there gives me faith and it gives me hope that it's gonna it's gonna be a brighter day it's gonna like every day the sun will shine but that's why we love tomorrow you know so that's why we love tomorrow but um, right now, another thing that's troubling me right now, so I'm also with, uh, I'm not on, well, I mean, we don't specifically have a pre-law like program here, but it's kind of like a pre-law pre -law, um, guidance within a sense by one of our professors, uh, Dr. Small. And right now in the process of get, trying to get into law schools, um, I've applied, I'm still waiting back, waiting to hear back from um, different schools, haven't heard anything yet. So just trying to see where my future lies and what's 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 going ahead we currently just um elected our new president and vice president for the next academic school year and helping them right now has been one of my main goals or main uh main things i'm not to say worried about because i'm not i'm not worried with them just because i know that they got it uh the president the um president-elect she serves as our uh, dni chair for this uh for the school year so She's phenomenal. I mean, mm -hmm. she does what needs to be done. We've sat in multiple meetings um, on the uh, strategic plan for DIB here at the college and knowing, just knowing that she's already been in the work and that she's committed to the work and she's passionate about the work has me thinking that it's going to, it's going to be a great time. But as of right now, I mean, I'm living. <laughs> right. I'm living. And I mean, that's all, I feel like that's all you really can do is just consistently like just try to live and just try strive for what's best and just put it in God's hands. So I don't know. I'm just grateful. Awesome. Awesome. Giles, what are, what are you pondering now? What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, I think hearing this conversation has been important and it always kind of I get gives me energy. I think we always have to find things in life that are life-giving. And this was one of them. Um, but when I think of really kind of what's on my mind, leaving the university uh, or being leading at the time that I did was during the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, where I was also student body president. And the activism that our student government participated in was phenomenal. And having the opportunity to lead students through that and be their advocate was very important to me. I think leaving the university, a lot of people are like, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I always said, Godspeed. Um, but more than that, I said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where I go because I'll be an activist wherever I go. Mm -hmm. It isn't, you could kind of throw me into any pocket and any pool and I'm going to figure it out um, because activism to me is, is not, is not exclusive to a space 
or a time or a person. So my activism, I'm in finance and I'm in tech. My activism translates there as well, but it's, I'm, I'm always thinking about what are students doing? I had the opportunity to speak at Princeton um, last month and just engaging with students was was so invigorating. So I, I feel like my heart is always gonna be where the students are because I truly do understand the power of education, but it's really activism wherever I go and trusting that we have leaders like JT and Akeem that are not only there, but coming up. Like there's so many leaders that are on the way to make these changes because I don't want our universities to forget what 2020 was, whether it was the pandemic or the racial discrimination that we faced um, or continue to face. So that's what's top of mind of me is we have to make good on those promises. And I cannot wait to read about the students that are continuously doing that. And I think you also asked about how to connect with us. Mm -hmm. You can kind of find me by my name in various forms on socials and LinkedIn or wherever it might be. Awesome. Well, this has been terrific. Uh, thanks to each of you for being with us, uh, joining us, sharing your experience and for your leadership on campus. I think this will be really valuable to many uh, to learn from you. Thanks for your leadership and your contributions. Oh, and thanks. Can I put in? Yeah. Can I put in how they can communicate with me? Yeah. Go well? ahead. I want to do that. Okay. Um. So, uh, you can communicate. You can kind of search my name as well and connect with me on my LinkedIn. Um. If you have any other like, if you want to send a personal email, it's just my first name, so Jermaine R and then dot and then Turner, my last name at gmail dot com. So yeah, that's how you can reach me. And Akeem, do you want to jump in? Yes, I'll jump in. So uh, for me, it's basically the same. Uh, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, uh, it's just Akeem Mitchell, my name. And then if you would like to send a personal email or just reach out in any other forms, my email is my first name, last name. So Akeem Mitchell at gmail.com. If you want to look at my Instagram, my Instagram is Akeem.underscore. Awesome. Well, thanks to all of you. And hopefully folks will connect with you. We also want to conclude with uh, thank you our sponsors of today's episode, Simplicity. Simplicity is the global leader in student services, technology platforms with state-of-the-art technology that empowers institutions to make data-driven decisions specific to their goals. A true partner to the institution, Simplicity supports all aspects of student life, including but not limited to career services and development, student conduct and well-being, student success, and accessibility services. To learn more, visit simplicity.com or connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Huge shout out to our producer, Nat Ambrosi, who does all the behind the scenes work to make us all look and sound good. And if you're listening today and not already receiving our weekly newsletter, please, please visit our website at studentaffairsnow.com and scroll to the bottom of the homepage to add your email to our MailChimp list. While you're there, check out our archives. I'm Keith, Keith Edwards. Thanks again to our fabulous guest today and to everyone who is watching and listening. Make it a great week. Thanks all.